The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. And butylated hydroxytoroline. And I've totally said that wrong. Hydroxytoroline. BHT right. for short. Yeah, let's, let's just stick with a BHT, shall we? BHT. <laughs> There's a reason why they create these down to you, three letters. You just spit all over your Zoom screen. That's awful. <laughs> Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. The definition of a chemical is that it's a compound or a substance that has been purified or prepared, especially artificially. Chemicals can be a combination of elements that sometimes play nice together and sometimes not at all. Now, you probably are familiar with those, that skull and crossbone warnings on some of the bottles that you might have in your garage or stuck under your sink. Well, that's a mix of chemicals to make up something that cleans, repels water, breaks down grease, or, you know, some other thing that we find use for. And when we talk about chemicals, there's also really part of the discussion is herbicides, pesticides that we know aren't good for us, but help keep bugs off the crops and plants so they keep keep on growing. But what about other things like BPA? That was huge, I don't know how many years ago, but now also something called BPS, which is found in plastics. Even though we thought maybe we probably got rid of them, was it just a swap from that BPA replaced with something else like BPS? Likely as toxic, sadly, still causing endocrine disruption, obesity, reproductive cancers, and and fertility? Well, there's all these acronyms, things like DHEP, formaldehyde, I don't know what that's shortened to, polybrominated diethanol ethers, or PBDE. Of course, there's parabens, PFOAs, PFOs, and Gen X. Oh, God, I, you know, I, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even pronounce, get into the pronouncer. Did you know, Chris, that on mm, YouTube, what? there's sorry, a... Sorry, what? There's... Yeah, I, mean, I fell asleep there. What are you doing? <laughs> you know on YouTube that there's a pronounce a word thing and sometimes when I put them in if it's something really quite long I want to make sure that I have the right like accent on on whatever um, syllable it is then sometimes it's like whoa that took a really long time to say this is kind of crazy but these are the kind of things that we see on labels that you can't read let alone try and say now a lot of these chemicals they make our way into our homes and into us chemicals can get into our bodies through our skin through the things obviously that we eat and we drink and then also through the air that we breathe and all the exposure to all of these things it's messing with our cells it's messing with our hormones and our ability to detoxify get them out of our bodies as well as our immune system and so much more now while it's important to think about what you're putting in your mouth From a food standpoint, it's also important to be aware of what you're using, say, to clean your clothes 
to clean your home and also to clean your body and your hair. But why? Why should you care? Well, the last time that you put on a pound or two, your body stored those chemicals in your fat cells. Then if you lost a pound or two and maybe didn't necessarily realize it, or maybe, you know, it was a lot more weight on or off, your body rid some of it. Now, while I get asked by loyal listeners, what can I do to detox myself and my liver, which is a question that did actually come in this week, the conversation of cleaning up what goes into us first is absolutely a worthy one to have. So today on Eat This with Leanne, three ways to take in less toxins from chemicals and stuff that can be negatively affecting your health in ways that I really hope are not overwhelming. Now we talk about chemicals and really, I mean further to herbicides, pesticides. We know that they're all out there in in our environment, in the soil where our food is being grown on the land, where our animals are grazing and live on and in our water supply. From what's coming out of the shower that you're bathing in to the lake that I look out to, from my condo high up in the sky to the rivers, the oceans, and really just all the water that's out there. Now these chemicals are talked about in the increase of cancer in diabetes, in heart disease, as the top diseases that are killing off the population, sadly. But what about those things that kind of just get to you every single day? Women, so painful periods that maybe it's either you are dealing with or your daughter's dealing with, or the IVF treatment that you've had to have in order to have kids from men, you know, any men out there that maybe have a low sperm count or from female infertility. Then there's the insulin resistance that I've talked about a whole bunch of times, uh, both myself and also with Dr. Brockenshire, that can lead to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Now, we did talk about that in episode 73, if you're like, oh, I want to know more about that, or what is that? I've never heard of that before. Then there's also living with high blood pressure that we covered in episode 114, and gaining weight that you just can't seem to get a handle on. We covered that recently. Or maybe what happens if you have an appetite that you just can't satisfy no matter what you eat and that's leading to weight gain and really has piqued your interest now that I've said, okay, so if you gain weight and then lose weight, this is the seesaw kind of situation that can happen. All that I've mentioned here, all these situations, all these day-to-day things that can really just slow you down are what your hormones really do to regulate your body. They all come down to what your hormones are doing and and the levels, the balance that they're in, even your energy level and your rate of metabolism. Now that all comes down to hormones. Your body's ability to burn fuel, that's really what your metabolism is. That could be negatively affected. Your digestion, your sleep cycles, and your mood, they're all governed by hormones that are bombarded and disrupted by these chemicals that are really quite tricky to stay away from. Now, I talk about eating clean on this show and podcast all the time, avoiding the packaged foods because it's super processed unto itself, right? We know that the cookie that you bought, well, it's going to have the white flour. It's going to be more processed. It's really, it's giving you negligible nutritional value, but also what's coming at you by reducing the chemical load of not only these foods, these toxins, but also the packaging and things like that, that it comes in. These can all harm your cells and lead to disease. Really looking at this from 
I'm, I'm hoping today that you're going to look at this from a new perspective and finding a new way of coming at health. Because I have talked a lot about what's on your plate, what's on your fork, what's going in your mouth. But this just hopefully is going to broaden things for you to understand that there's another level to good health and an awareness around that. Now today I've outlined and we're going to go over three ways to get a handle on this situation that I'm hoping are really easily doable. They're they're an easy thing that are is not going to be too overwhelming. And I say that because sometimes when I dig into these topics and I start researching I says I get overwhelmed in all the things that people are saying, all the research that's out there, the studies and the new things. And I just want to go hide under the duvet and put myself into some sort of safe bubble. And we know that that's not possible. But choosing a better way, maybe a better product, a cleaner food, well, really, it just brings me back to what do I have control over? And then that moves me and hopefully you into a place of feeling empowered and that really you have a say in what's going on. In the top three, I could have gone into many, many more, but I just thought let's stick to three so that you've got some really great takeaways so that you've got some some things that you can do as soon as you're finished listening to the, this episode. Now, the number one, well, it's a no brainer. The number one to be really specific is about organic food. Doing that 100% of the time, it's possible, but it also is challenging. Now, whether it's because your favorite takeout or your restaurant that you love going to doesn't offer those foods or because you look at the price of like organic berries or some other produce or food versus conventional and and just say, uh, no, I can't stretch. My budget won't stretch to that. Then this is, these are some of the real day-to-day challenges. I know that uh, berries especially are so important to have organic, but seriously, you look at the price of however many dollars more and think, yep, Nope, it's not going to happen. Berries already are expensive. Forget the organic side. Just right. just the berries alone. Uh, yep. I'm paying six, seven dollars for a small pack of blueberries. Yeah. And that really, you know, this is another conversation, but really in that sense, driving everyone more towards the frozen. You know, if you are a Costco member, let's say not everything in Costco is great, but there are organic wild blueberries in a bag that you can get. I don't know how they do it, but it is way more cost effective. It's it's probably less than three packages of those, those fresh that you're talking about, Chris. I mean, fresh and frozen things like berries. As soon as you defrost strawberries, they're not the same at all. Oh gosh, no. No, if you no, want to no, try no. and eat fresh, yeah. then, you know, then that's a whole other story. But, you know, if you're blending something in, you know, in a smoothie, then that's when you can use the frozen and it does make it more cost effective. But, you know, just know that I'm there with you. Anytime I, I, I buy berries and I'm absolutely buying organic or I don't buy them and I'm like, yeah, that's really expensive. So you know, kind of use them sparingly and, and get more of my berries and things like that from my kid boost or my skin boost, uh, supplement product to kind of just try and find a balance. It is about trying to find the balance without, you know, blowing up the budget on a couple of things of blueberries. (laughs) I don't know how much more I can take. Saying that there is a savvy way to be an organic consumer. Um, but I just wanted to kind of dig a little bit deeper into why, because people say, oh yeah, I think I'll go get some organic or I won't. And, you know, knowledge is power. That's what I believe. Once you have a bit more of an understanding, it does drive your, drive your choices, drives you to do better when you can do better. And that's really what I'm talking about. 
So herbicides and pesticides. Now we know that they're sprayed on, uh, you know, 70% of crops all over the world. We just, we kind of know that. And they're meant to kill bugs on the plants, but unfortunately it, it can end up leading to cancer. Glyphosate. Now that's one of the most talked about pesticides of late. And can you believe it, Chris, this started as a pipe cleaner, not like that little fuzzy thing that you put down a straw like a chemical mm-hmm. that they they would put through pipes in about the 1960s. And then Monsanto figured out that it killed bugs and patented it to use it as a pesticide. Because as that gunk, the oil and the lead and all that stuff came out of the pipe, it killed the weeds. And that, that's how they noticed that it actually worked. So it became <laughs> then a worldwide pesticide by kind of the end of the 60s. But it took until the, the 1990s to genetically engineer crops to not die from the sprays that they made. And that's what brought us GM or GMO, genetically modified crops and foods. Really, it's like you solved one problem, which was not great. and then But then you created a whole other problem, which is really just even worse. That's what mankind does. That's what we do, right? We, uh, we yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, for some stupid reason, like vinegar is a good example of something that was used as a cleaning agent. And then all of a sudden we realize, hmm, it tastes good on French fries. Uh, I, now, I don't know who the per- first right. person was that decided to dip the old French fry in, the, yep. in their cleaning solution. Uh, yep. But they discovered something wonderful. But that's the human condition. I wonder if I can eat it. <laughs> and, yeah. and I wonder yeah. if it comes from a very basic idea that food is survival and mm-hmm. everything's on the menu. Like we, we can't yeah. eliminate anything until we know it kills us. And what I think, uh, you know, like I said, when I get into a topic, I do a deep dive on this. So listening to different podcasts and all those kind of things, especially of things. I mean, we're here in Canada and I know we've got a lot of U.S. listeners, but, you know, really the the dollars and cents that drive the decisions and the length of time that it makes it, it takes to change a decision, especially of a chemical that does for a really long time show, yes, this is causing cancer, but then to have it completely wiped out Mm. from being allowed to be used like trans fats, that was a huge one um, even years ago. So first of all, you know, trans fats were used, hydrogenation, make the margarine, um, you know, make the lard, all of that, cooking it, great, tastes lovely. And then all of a sudden, oh, this is not good. This is, you know, creating heart disease in so much of the population. Then we needed the studies. Then we needed the proof. Then we needed, you know, the reform and the change to then say, get it out of the food. And then after that finally passed, then it's how many years does it take to actually get it out of the food? All the good stuff happens in the beginning of the process, right? Right at the beginning yeah. there where everybody realizes, oh, this is not good for you. Uh, and here Here's a great story of if you stop eating it, you're going to feel better. All that's great. It's when it gets wrapped up in the hierarchy of, of politics yep. and all yes. of that red tape and money starts becoming the the main focus, not health, money. No. Once it it gets caught up in there, it's up there forever. That's the kind of thing I think that sends me under the duvet because it's (laughs) like, how can I as an individual, right? Yeah. How can I create change because when you look into this and you know that it's driven by money and politics and all that kind of stuff, it's like, well, what can me, myself and I do? Right. And then, you know, the flip on that is, well, we every single day vote with our wallet. We vote with our dollars by saying, no, I'm not going to buy that product anymore. I'm going to go to the farmer's market and I'm going to talk to the farmer and find out what they put on that. I'm not going to go to, you know, the Costco and buy 
what I can get from, from someone smaller, local, mm. not, you know, strawberries that have come from California or while, while we're here in Toronto or, you know, grapes from Chile or, you know, all of those kind sure. of things. So yeah. we can, and I think, I think if you, if you go back to like the BPA situation, you know, everybody just completely ditched any baby bottle that could have had BPA in it. And then, and then that was a huge shift. Um, I mean, it's in a lot of BPAs and a lot of other plastics, which may not have been cleaned up yet, but that was the real big driver of that change. So, you know, we do as consumers, we are in control because we're the ones buying or not buying a particular product. Speaking of that, there are the genetically engineered crops out there. There's soy, cotton, corn, canola, papaya, sugar beet, aspartame, zucchini, and they withstand these chemicals, the glyphosate. And unfortunately, it's the glyphosate is linked with many cancers, including lymphomas. And just knowing that those herb and pe- herbicides and pesticides mess with the microbiome, not only of the soil that all the food is grown in, but also our own microbiome. And if you've listened to any other episode, you know that when I talk about the microbiome, there's a huge link between our gut bugs and our brain, our immune health, our mood, mental health, obesity, digestion. So it's far reaching in terms of the impact of these chemicals. Oats is actually one of the foods that I just really wanted to give mention to because it's really talked so much more about those crops, whether they are organic or not. It's kind of hard to keep the glyphosate out of even organic crops, but know that if you're buying non-organic oats, then it's going to still have an awful lot more going on in them. And if you're buying organic, then it's less. It's like it's everywhere. We can't get away from it anymore, unfortunately, because it's just a global situation. There is a company or you know, an organization, I'll call them, called the Environmental Working Group or EWG.org. Now, this is where I'm, I'm really focusing on when I say that you can be a savvy consumer. Now, every year they update their their list. It's called the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. I think from a number standpoint, they've had to extend it because because originally when they started it, there was a lot, there was less to talk about with the 15, Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. And now that list is growing because there's a lot more to say. Now, every year they update this. And I think it was a year or two ago where strawberries, as we were talking about berries, Chris, were talked about so much more that it is the number one sprayed crop other than those ones I've talked about, corn and and soy and canola. And really, if you are looking at those beautiful little bites of sunshine, I call them, because there's nothing better than just a, you know, a strawberry that's just fresh in season. And I did actually get some from the market last week, which were just beautiful. I think they must be hothouse because they weren't quite ready yet, but they were still great. And it's from an organic farmer in uh, in the Niagara region. So I know where they're coming from, but they come up with a list so that you can be guided towards the, okay, if this is not organic, then you know that there is way more potential for this to have that much more pesticides in it. So I'll give you some examples and, and you'll get you'll get the gist. So the dirty dozen are the foods that you kind of want to avoid. So that's strawberry, that's spinach, all the greens of kale, collard, and mustard greens, nectarines, apples, grapes, bell peppers, hot peppers, cherries, peaches, pears, celery, and tomatoes. Now, if you notice from all of those and you're visualizing those in, in your mind, 
there's no skin. Well, there is skin on the outside, but it's not really other than an apple, something that you're going to peel. You can't peel a strawberry. You can wash it, but you can't peel them. So these are all something that you're just going to eat every part of it. You can't, you know, like a banana, let's say you can't peel it. So basically all of those foods, your best case scenario is to put your dollars towards buying those organic. Okay. So again, those strawberries, spinach, all the greens, kale, collard, and mustard greens, nectarines, peaches, apples, grapes, bell peppers, as well as hot peppers, cherries, pears, celery, and tomatoes. So those, if you can get organic or speak to a farmer and know what they've sprayed on it, genius, gold, go for it. It's great. Now the clean 15, what you don't necessarily have to buy that's organic. Avocados, you peel those, right? Pineapples, onions, sweet peas that are frozen, asparagus, honeydew melon, kiwi, cabbage, mushrooms, cantaloupe, mangoes, watermelon, and sweet potatoes. So there's a couple of kind of asterisks on this list. Now, sweet corn and papaya, those two are on the clean 15 list, but you also have to make sure that they're not GMO. So they're kind of like a, a they're straddling both um, clean 15 and dirty and dirty dozen because papaya can be GMO. And of course, corn is a huge GMO crop. So I would really only be buying those organic. That's for myself. When you've got this list, you can go to ewg.org. You can download this as an app. You can get a list and stick it in your wallet or attach it to your shopping list. When you're out and about and when, when you're shopping and you see these and they're not organic, it's okay. Go for it. That's a really, really good way of doing it and knowing that you're going to take the skin off all of it. And then the, uh, the dirty dozen, then, uh, then really try and get those to be organic if possible. These are the foods that are basically fruits and vegetables with the highest amount of, of pesticides. So yes, like I said, those strawberries, those grapes, if possible, try to buy those organic. Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutRight.com or LeannePhillipson.com. Moving on, really, from what goes into your body to go go what goes on your body. So this is number two in my list of three, as in what you wash with, what you put on your skin, what you brush your teeth with. Now, these all all these products, all these soapy, sudsy, everything, all of this, even your toothpaste that, you know, kind of foams out of your mouth. As soon as that happens, you know that there's more chemical and foaming agents in it. What is, why is it that it feels like you're cleaner when you've got more suds on your body or in your hair, Chris? Have we just been like conditioned to think that that's, you know, you see a car that's got all sorts of suds on it. There's some sort of correlation or conditioning where you think, oh, that's clean. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, I, I, you know, I guess it's a, it's a, a, a normal thing for most hmm. me growing yeah. up. I mean, we, <laughs> my father was such a cheapskate. I mean, we, we weren't allowed to use, he often did toothbrush checks where he'd pop his head in and just see how much we were putting on the brush. Because yep. we only need a little bit, like a little bit, because yep. it foams so much. But I do honestly think like that it's a conditioning because I use the shampoo that I use does not have that suds factor or 
or, you know, sometimes maybe if I'm not really conscious of it, or I, I do two pumps instead of one, I'm thinking, oh gosh, I've got a lot more suds. Well, I don't need suds to get it clean. And especially when my kids uh, were much younger, um, my dentist is more of a holistic dentist. He's like, they don't even need toothpaste. Like it's no big deal. Like, do you actually remember when you're with your kids, Chris, maybe the same thing would happen is they put the tooth, you put the toothpaste on the brush, no matter how much it was, it was like, they didn't brush with it. They just sucked it off. Yeah. They just <laughs> basically <laughs> ate the toothpaste and then right. brushed with well, whatever was left on the brush. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think this also speaks to the power of advertising, because if you can think of if anyone, you know, is, is, is in our age group and, and maybe, I don't know, it could be out of the age group. Mm. Maybe it's happening still. Aquafresh. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. the three colored ones. Yep. It would be like a, you'd have to start in the middle of the toothbrush. You go one way. It's like icing. And then you go one way and then you come back <laughs> over the top again and you make this lovely little like, you know, people were trying to mimic that. I mean, that's just like that's that's a week's worth of toothpaste. Yeah, it is. Right. So you see the advertising, you're like, oh, if I use Aquafresh, I better try and mimic that because that looks like what, you know, because <laughs> the person standing next to yeah, them and they've yeah. got they've got the clean teeth. And that looks like, you know, without actually saying it, without saying how much to use, it was implied that that's what you do with Aquafresh. <laughs> you just reminded me, and this is a little <laughs> bit off topic, that we did, we pulled that prank on a friend of mine in college where we used toothpaste on cupcakes and we put them oh, out at a party. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a plate of cupcakes and sure enough, the top couple had toothpaste on them instead of ice. And how did that turn out? Oh, it was very funny for us. Not so good I for bet him. It was. No, it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's brilliant. I can see that. Somebody's going to write that down for the next April Fool's prank. <laughs> oh my God. That would be awesome. Okay. So all the chemicals, you know, with the small tweaks, they can have a positive impact. So less toothpaste as we're talking about, or even no toothpaste, you know, it's, it's, it can have an impact. So many of the chemicals that you find, they contain hormone disruptors that aren't, you know, they don't just necessarily mess up your periods or give you erectile dysfunction, but can go much, much deeper to heart disease, cancer, diabetes. And those, of course, are the bit, three big hitters that we all want to avoid. When you think about what is it that you're putting on your hair, your body, you're washing with, then parabens, that's one of the chemicals that come up. Now, they can mimic the hormone estrogen and have been linked to increased growth of breast cancer cells and affect negatively affect fetal development. One of the chemicals to note that is also still allowed in Canada, but in smaller amounts, is a chemical and antibacterial agent called tr <laughs> now I got it. Now I need like the pronunciation thing. Uh because I've gone through so many words in the, in this. Um, episode. Tri tri I, now I can't even get my mouth around it, Chris. <laughs> Triclosan. That's it. Good job. Congratulations. That's a good job today. Triclosan. Now, this is something that actually, interestingly enough, is banned in the U.S., but in Canada, they've only lessened the amount. And there's there's a whole story about finding this in the Ottawa River. So you can do a deep dive if you want uh, on this. Again, this is kind of where I end up going in trying to find out a little bit more about these chemicals and things like that. But Wow, what a great story. Now, this thyroid, testosterone, and estrogen regulation has been linked to issues like early puberty, poor sperm, quality, infertility, obesity, and cancer, and also talked about with this particular chemical. 
Now it's found in aftershave. It's in moisturizers, deodorants, body sprays, face masks, dry shampoos. Yes, I do use that sometimes and hand sanitizers. And then of course, in toothpaste, which we just talked about. So yeah, not good. Now, as we've all been sanitizing just about everything in earnest over the past two years, or um, then this triclosan or one of its chemical cousins, they're also found in like the germ fighting or antibacterial versions of just about any type of household product that you can imagine. Chris, you know that you come across like a toy or something like that, that has, that, that is somehow magically antibacterial, seemingly natural because they use some other kind of plastic. Well, it's all driven by some kind of chemical. There's knives, clothing, cutting boards. I bought a cutting board. I remember a long time ago when I did cooking classes and it somehow is like anti-naturally antibacterial. Well, no, it's not because it's plastic, right? Like it says, that's a marketing buzzword that's on the top of the plastic that's around what you're buying as a chopping board what 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 kills the bacteria the chemical in the plastic the 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 huh okay so it is in there (laughs) yeah so it makes your chopping board you think okay great it's naturally antibacterial that's great Uh, because if i put chicken on it i'm still if i put all these different things on it then somehow it is it's marketing right it's what they're talking about does it have a, a positive effect I don't know, but I know that it's in there. A little bit of common sense, though, please. Like, if you're cutting up your chicken, I mean, don't go right straight to the strawberries after that and cut on the same board. That would just be gross. Totally agree. There might be some people out there that put two and two together and come up with 10 and thinking that, yes, I can do my strawberries (laughs) after I've done chicken because my chopping board says antibacterial, whatever, right? I'm not eating at their house. It's just exactly. Yep. So, you know, and, and we've got into this, got to sanitize everything, got to sanitize everything. So, you know, there might be more like, oh, if that toy is a better thing, but then, you know, it ends up in your child's mouth, but it has still has a certain percentage of this chemical in there. Ay, it's just not good. So all of these, now they disrupt, again, same kind of thing. They just disrupt the microbiome in our guts. And really not surprisingly, if you've heard me talk again, your microbiome, your immune system, 80% of your immune system is found in your gut. And anyone with an allergy out there, well, there's an, an absolute link and a tie to allergy, your gut health, and all of these chemicals. Now, a lot of these chemicals are also found in water water that's on the surface, that's on the ground, that's in our drinking water and wastewater from processing plants that then go out to God knows where. And it's likely contributing to antibiotic resistance. If you've ever heard of um, of a situation called Clostridium difficile, C. diff, C. difficile. Now that's when people are resistant to antibiotics. You end up with diarrhea, maybe you've been in the hospital. It's typically typically thought about as something that you might come out of the hospital um, with and and really affects the older generation, but really it can affect anyone. But it's where the bacteria in your gut, well, you're just, your body's resistant to antibiotics and then C. difficile just kind of came poof out of all of this kind of thing as well. So it's a real public health concern. A CDC study found triclosan present in the urine of nearly 75% of people that they tested. Other studies have found it in human urine, blood, and breast milk. So please check and read your labels and ask questions. Also remember that, let's say here in Canada, we have, it's still in our products, but it's, it's a lesser level 
well, if you're buying something from somewhere else and we don't have the same regulations, then you don't know. You've got to figure out where does your product come from and what's in there. Now, it can be a bit overwhelming to dig into this, but know that as we head into the summer, as I said here, you know, in berry season and where we are right now as we're recording this, then sunscreens, that's another huge chemical rich substance that we slather all over our bodies to protect ourselves from getting what skin cancer, but then you end up getting cancer from all the chemicals. So in order to find out which is the best one to to check out, go back to environmentalworkinggroup.org or ewg.org and stick in forward slash skin deep. Now they have this whole website where you can put in the product, the name of the product that you're using, and then you get a rating on how clean or how chemical rich it happens to be. Just take something that's in your bathroom right now. Now I did it for my Aesop products. They're from Australia. And thankfully, it was met with overall really good ratings. Now, there's all sorts of products that we use out there from moisturizers to toners. And then, you know, for us ladies and some men, even lipstick, lip gloss, you know, we wear that all day long or you stick it on your lips if they're a little bit dry because you're dehydrated. It's kind of like having a popsicle of chemicals on your lips if you're not careful. Now, another something to mention here is your laundry detergent because it falls into the category of what's going on your skin. Your clothes go on your skin. Now, this could probably be its own number and I could do a deep deep dive into this, but I just wanted to give it a quick mention. Now, those dryer sheets that go into the dryer, Chris, you know, that stop your socks from sticking to absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what they contain? Uh, nope. magical uh, fairy dust. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, it actually contains formaldehyde. Oh, that's not yeah, that. That's, I, I've heard that's, that's not good for you. Not particularly. No? It's, what, okay. it, it's what they use to embalm you when you die. Is that a bad thing? Well, will you feel like being pickled already? Well, I'm kind of doing that on my own with the with the whiskey and stuff. So yeah, whiskey's uh, a little more pure. Maybe. I mean, it's got its own chemical structure and everything like that. So I guess you could pick your poison formaldehyde from your dryer sheets or your whiskey. Yeah, I don't know. Sure I know where I'm I know where I'm headed. Yeah, pull, pull up to the next bar and order a formaldehyde on the rocks. Yeah, that won't right. go. That won't go well. But yeah, well, I was actually I found this fascinating. I was once once told uh, by a gynecologist that dryer sheets. She said, don't use dryer sheets anymore. This was back when, around when I was having kids, I kept getting yeast infections. And she said, don't use the dryer sheets because they mess with the vaginal flora of women. And, you know, I'm going to hazard a guess that, you know, gents, what's keeping your, you know, your meat and two veg all in check when you're not going commando? Well, yes, it's the same thing, right? In, in the fabric of what's next to your skin, if you're using something like that and whether it's dryer sheets and also the pourable stuff, if you're putting that in or you're using the two in one or whatever it happens to be, embalming fluid, not great. Now, the third on the list is back to food. And yes, this time it's packaged food, not only for the food that's in the package, but then also the packaging itself. Here comes another big word. You ready? Butyl- <laughs> butylated. Apparently, you're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't 
just these words like it's so it's just crazy okay butylated high drug you chris you're gonna have to like go to youtube and find these words for me and then like just put in the other person saying it because i'm just totally butchering these butylated hydroxy anisole or bha and butylated hydroxy toroline and i've totally said that wrong Hydroxytoyoin, BHT right. for short. Yeah, let's, let's just stick with a BHT, shall we? BHT. <laughs> There's a reason why they create these down to three you, letters. You just spit all over your Zoom screen. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so BHA and BHT. Now that we can, I can get my lips around the rest of my words. They're preservatives used in foods to prevent oxidation and extend the shelf life. So, you know, you know, all the foods that are in a box or a, or a package or something, they have the best before dates. Well, that's because it's it's the preservation of the taste and that preservative wearing off. I mean, really think about it. You know, as I was as I was researching this and writing, I was like, OK, let's look at cereal. What does it taste like anyway? Other than sweet and whatever flavoring they put in it. Is there a particular taste that comes from different cereals or crackers? There's nothing real in it. It's all chemicals. And I just, I don't know, that kind of blew my brains at that moment. It's like, oh, if you, whatever cereal you've got in your kitchen right now, if you actually think, what does it taste like? Other than like Fruit Loops, right? It's just going to be sweet. Is there just a fruit, some sort of fruit taste versus like cornflakes? How does that come up with different tastes? Anyway, these are the kind of things that I end up just going down deep rabbit holes and then hurting my head and wanting to go back into the duvet again. Now, BHT and BHA, they're found in packaging the materials, right, that actually go around the plastics. I think these are also on the inside of, or maybe that's the formaldehyde, um, of the microwave popcorn. Oh, just awful. And that's just getting into all that popcorn, which is probably um, also genetically modified as well. So just not my favorite food. They're also, the BHT and the BHA is also in cereals. They're in sausages, they're in hot dogs, meat patties, chewing gums, potato chips. Oh, that's my my vice. Beer. Chris, it's in beer. In butter, vegetable oils, cosmetics, and animal feed. Ugh. Now, speaking of vegetable oils, they're all highly processed and refined oils. Yes, we can use oils like avocado oil, coconut oil, extra virgin olive oil. They're great. They're your best case scenario. But all the other vegetable oils, canola, uh, there's corn oil, which is also, they're both of those are going to be genetically modified. They contain that glyphosate and they're just highly refined oils. They've been made through with solvents and hexane at high temperatures. We've talked about this before in previous episodes, and it's kind of a mind blowing one because you think, oh, I thought I was doing all right there. Again, if you just make one step and don't buy any of these oils again, rock on because you're doing great. Now, all of these oils, except for the good ones that I've talked about, they really oxidize easily. And if you think about in your cupboard, you know, the large uh, canola oil or the large vegetable oil that you've got in there, and it's always in a plastic container, which also leaches out the chemicals from the plastic and then into these oils. I mean, it's just a recipe. It's just a disaster, an absolute disaster. Now, all of this, it can be increased to increased inflammation and lots of gut issues. Now, think about when you go and eat out and grab something that you think is the best of the bunch, like the chicken tenders and fries that I ate the other at a baseball game because there was nothing else to have. And I had cycled there, which was, you know, 
10 plus kilometers on the way there. And it was a last minute impromptu decision to do it. So I didn't get to eat before I went. Now, interestingly enough, it was dollar dog day. So I was following around this person, you know, with a dollar <laughs> costume on. And I happened to be there with my great friend, Jerry Agar from News Talk 1010, who we've known each other for years. And he was like, are you going to have a hot dog? Are you going to have a hot dog? Are you going to have a hot dog? And I was like, no, Jerry, I'm not. Oh, what it must be like to be you and sitting in your seat and you're surrounded yeah. by... 30,000 other people all with yep. these big, beautiful uh, uh, hot dogs smothered in ketchup and mustard and onions and cheese. And, and they're just, you know what I mean? And they're mowing down and loving life. And you're sitting there with your sad little chicken fingers and fries and light. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and what must be going through your head that you're probably numb to it now. Quite numb. Yeah. Because there's not one iota of me that wanted that hot dog really? because Not I know because little. I know you know what because I mean there's a few things with the hot dog first of all the texture of it and the plasticity of it is just nauseating to well, me. Not if it's like done there's right. no, there, there, there's nothing real in there. I mean, what if it's done if right? If it's done what, right. not burnt. Well, no, we do a hot okay. dog right. <laughs> oh well, that's <laughs> or whole, wrong. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> No, you, you, there are wrong ways. Okay. The old way of throwing them into a pot, a pot of boiling water. Okay. That's the wrong way to do a hot dog. Okay. The yep. only way to do a hot dog is on an open grill, open flame. It's the only way to do it. Okay. And there are ways to <laughs> sear the hot dog properly so that the, whatever, sear. whatever sear chemicals, what? the plastic casing <laughs> from extruded Whatever, eyeballs whatever chemicals are bubbling up inside of it you want those chemicals inside so when you take that first bite the chemicals come bursting out and down your face and all over your shirt okay that's the proper way to... yep okay i hear you i i appreciate that Listen. there's a way to do it well all i'm saying is it's it's not piquing my interest in any way shape uh. or form like, not at and, all. And we're still friends. It's so weird. It is such a weird thing. Right? <sighs> Where I would not be caught dead eating a hot dog. And and it's not like I can appreciate the squishy bun and, oh, you know, and all the flavors and all right. those kind of things. I have not had one in years. And I don't miss it. It is one of those things that I never need to eat again. I mean, if I was absolutely starving, I would still probably not eat a hot dog. <laughs> right. And that's why I ended up with the with the fries and the tenders. Yeah. And then after doing all of this research, I was like, damn, I ended up with a whole other host of chemicals <laughs> because it's fried in these terrible oils. Yep. So, you know, which one is better? And and really, it's the taste and what the hot dog, you know, the texture and all that, it does nothing for me. And that's really why I'm not, you know, I, I was not excited about a dollar a dog. Anyway, Jerry had one. He thoroughly enjoyed it. Great. It was his birthday. It's like, okay, you go for it. Me, me not doing it. But I also am now aware, I learned a thing or two today, that even though I thought I was doing better, of course, you know, the chicken tenders were not, you know, they're breaded and God knows what was, what else was on it. The fries were actually not great fries, but you know, if you put some sort of truffleness on top of it, I'll be the first one to be ordering them at a restaurant. Then, you know, they're just, they're not great either. So there are some times when you just can't get away from it. 
you just know that, you know, I mean, the, the point of being there, the evening, the cycling there, the, the being, you know, being with my great friend, all of that trumped the fact that I was eating a whole bunch of chemicals and that's okay. Right. So that's what really I, I'm, I'm encouraging you to focus on by, by sharing this story, knowing that, no, I'm not someone who is perfect and I am going to go to a game and I'm going to have, I'm going to choose the best case scenario. I think once there was like a sushi bar at the game, Chris, I think there was mm. at the stadium, but I didn't walk around the whole place to try and find something that was better. And I also wasn't there early enough to go and find something a bit better. People were outside having their hot dogs. People were inside having their hot dogs. Yeah. I mean, it's a blue, it's, it's a, it's a baseball thing to do beer and dogs. We don't totally we, get it. We don't do it right in Toronto. And that's a whole other thing for those of us, for those of our listeners who don't are, aren't in Toronto. Like if yeah. we have any listeners in St. Louis and some of these other places, Texas, yeah. is a good place. Uh, Milwaukee, another great place. The food yep. in their stadiums is to die for. Really? Die what do they for. serve? Oh gosh, you can get every, you can get absolutely anything from fresh wow. uh, brisket to um, uh, Ooh, right off talking. the grill ribs to like you can get just about anything, and all freshly made, fresh fishes, fresh uh, sushis. Seriously? The, absolutely, for whatever the reason. It should be an experience anytime you go to a ballpark, but it's not in Toronto and we don't do it right. Wow. And we, we've wow. always just sort of settled for the the basics. And to right. me, right. that is stealing the fans of a real experience. Just put the yeah. money into the food. And even if you have to charge an arm and a leg, you're already charging an arm and a leg. You are. For most you of are. it anyway. I mean, this thing, this plate of chicken tenders like it and fries it was like 15 bucks oh gosh you go out there grab a, a, a an accredited caterer and have them come in and do it right oh, and, that they, would be and a it was beautiful experience so good anyway that's off yep. way yep. off topic yep. <laughs> way anyway off topic. <laughs> anyway back to high fructose corn syrup and trans fat okay all right my then. favorite yeah. great yes exactly now trans fats are just about gone now but anything that's hydrogenated you just read that on the label just put it back Dietary guidelines, well, they say that we should have about less than 5% of our diet being sugar. Yeah, right. Well, that's just, I can't even imagine in what universe that's happening, especially with a very typical processed diet. It's probably more like 50% in most cases, if not more. Both of, <laughs> there's sugar, and then there's also high fructose corn syrup. Now, both of them lead to metabolic disturbances that drive an increased appetite, weight gain, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, dementia, and more. Now, high fructose corn syrup, that's like a whole other beast unto its own. And I really wanted to highlight this one in this episode because we have dabbled and talked about this in the past. But know that high fructose corn syrup and cane sugar, which you see on a lot of, a lot more labels and even in Chris now some pops, right? Like mm -hmm. there's a few um, like tonic water. I know that there's a tonic water out there. I think it's called Fever Tree. They actually have cane sugar on the label. It's not high fructose corn syrup. So those things are possible out there because biochemically they're, they're different. Your body deals with these in a completely different way. There's, there's a whole process that happens with high fructose corn syrup. It's an industrial food product. It's really far from natural or really any naturally occurring substance. So with regular cane sugar, 
which is also called sucrose. It's made of two sugar molecules that are bound really tightly together, glucose and fructose in equal amounts, so 50-50. Now there's enzymes in your digestive tract. They've got to break down the sucrose into glucose and fructose, and then it's absorbed in the body, right? So then you get that rush of whatever it is, or there's something sweet, or your sugar in your cupcake, whatever it happens to be. Now, high fructose corn syrup is not 50-50, and it doesn't need enzymes to break it down. And therefore the fructose that's in it, the fructose component of it goes right to the liver and totally triggers something called lipogenesis, which really is a production of a fat like triglyceride or and cholesterol. cholesterol. And really this is why it's the major cause of liver damage and causes something called fatty liver or non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which can affect, I don't know, up to 70 million people. The rapidly absorbed glucose, it triggers a huge spike in insulin that comes from your pancreas, and that's what it's supposed to do. It's our body's major fat storage hormone. Because high fructose corn syrup, it just it's just acts so differently on your body. It's it really is a chemical in that sense. Not that sugar isn't, but it's just a more naturally occurring chemical, whereas high fructose corn syrup is not natural at all. It can increase metabolic disturbances that drive increase in appetite, weight gain, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, dementia, like I said, and more. I've gone through this list once already, but you just need to hear it again. So really every sugary drink that you consume on a hot day as a mixed drink, um, you know, because you're going out with friends, whatever, it is likely to have high fructose corn syrup in it. You could just go to the fridge, grab your maple syrup, grab a lemon, give it a quick squeeze, um, put them all in together with some water and make a delicious lemonade because it is really nice to have something more tasty, but this a bit sweet. So there's lots and lots of different ways of, or even just have, um, have cane sugar at home and make it with that. Definitely a better case scenario as well as what's in the food. Then there's also the packaging, the plastics, the chemicals that get leached into the food, especially especially those that contain fat. You know, those microwaves, any, anything that you have some in a package, they're not only in some sort of plasticky type container that's fine to go in the microwave, but then there's also a film on top of it. You put it in the microwave, you pull it out, and then you have to just sort of release it a little bit on, on the corner before you rip it right off and maybe burn yourself. Well, all those little droplets of moisture that you see on that film on top and uh, or on your soon-to-be meal, they just drip down. And all those little drips have got loads of lovely chemicals in it. And those chemicals are also hormone disruptors. Oh, big breath. All right. Now, lots of gloom and doom there. But hopefully some really influential information that will drive your next purchasing decisions. Now, just quickly, let's recap because there was a lot in there. Now, following the dirty dozen and the clean 15 and buying organic. Now, that makes you more of a savvy shopper and takes out the worry about, you know, your budget and I can't do anything at all. If you can do one thing, like maybe the strawberries, and you know, you're buying organic, that's huge and that's impactful. Now, think about the chemicals that are found in the products that you use to clean your home, your body, your hair, and your teeth. And look at what you put on afterwards, like your moisturizers, your deodorants, maybe your hairspray. I know you use hairspray all the time, Chris, under that lovely hat that you always have in your head. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I know you I don't. I do. When I was young, I but, did. Oh, boy. But, but not so did I. No, oh, no, my no, God. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. My hair was so sprayed that it just never, it like moved <laughs> at one, as one unit. <laughs> right? That's where the term helmet head came from. That's you can right, literally but also, pop it off like yes. a helmet. 
Yeah, but also, you know, if you're if you're having a day where you don't want to wash your hair and you get out this new fandangled, you know, dry shampoo and you spray it everywhere, you know, anyone who's around you, no matter how much they hair hair they have or don't, they're going to get some of it too because it's going to settle on the surfaces, it's going to get on their hands. It's, you know, like there's all these things that you have to, you know, just consider. You don't have to, you know, beat yourself up about it. Just start to consider. Now, also look at what you wash your clothes in and the water that you drink. Go back, listen to episode 61 called Wondrous Water Again. Get yourself a Berkey filter. That's what I'm still using uh, because they have all different sizes that you can pretty much use anywhere to get the chemicals out of your water. Then looked at the packaged foods that's making the way into your cart and also into your cupboards because it's going to end up in your mouth. Even if you think, no, I've got nerves of steel. I'm not going to go and eat that. If it's in the house, I know that it's somehow going to end up in your mouth. Now, I've got a couple of teens at home right now, and that's a whole new challenge. I was actually asked a question about this. How can I get my teen to eat better? I'm with you on that one. Maybe we'll, we'll do an episode about that. Now, packaged food is a favorite of theirs, and that means in order to get them to eat, you know, at different stages, and, you know, one of my daughters has dealt dealt with an eating disorder, so that really took us in a whole other situation, then I've probably gravitated towards more packaged food over the past few years, so please know that this is also a kick in my butt also. Now, small changes, they really do have big impacts. So the next time you shop, the next time you buy anything, just take a moment to do better than you did with the last purchase that you made. Really, like like I said before, vote with your wallet. This is what's going to drive change. Even if you're not feeling like you can go after the big, huge companies that are driving all these things and the politics that's, that's involved, sending you back under the duvet a bit like me. <laughs> change that you can do just in in realizing that it's one small thing that you do and you know I always end off the podcast in that way talking about one mouthful at a time but I did a deeper dive in episode 120 about that and those small changes that you make is really the way forward so thanks so much for being along today I'd love it if you could pass this on to someone else if you're listening to it make sure that you have subscribed really hit that like five stars on there so that everybody else knows that this is worthy of their time, putting in their ears, listening in their car, if they're on a drive or a walk or whatever it is. And thank you so much for being one of my lovely loyal listeners, whether you are now or or will be in the future after hearing this episode. And Chris, we're almost up to 200,000 downloads since we first started. That's something. That's huge. That's something. That's huge. So we are having impact with what we're doing and we are changing minds and we're, we're really are helping people to do better because they want to, because they keep coming back listening. So I know that you're out there, but if you want to send a message, you can find me at leannephillipson.com, also at sproutright.com. You can send a message on any of my social media channels of the same name, Leanne Phillipson and Sproutright. And if you've got a particular question, a burning question like I've had come in this week, well, it could be your turn for me to do a deep dive in into something and hopefully not end up wanting to hide under the duvet. But these are things that impact me just as much as they do you. So I really, really welcome your questions. I want to know what it is that you want to improve in your life and how can we help that. So thanks so much again. As always, please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. And if you want to uh, know the whole process of properly doing a hot dog, please send us a message. I'll pass it right on to Chris (laughs) (laughs) because mine would just go in the bin. (laughs) 